Hi, it's Derek Murphy of Creativity, and you're listening to The 360 Entrepreneur with Jan Elunga. This is episode 18, and today we talk about self-publishing and do-it-yourself book marketing. Here we go. Welcome to The 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs and small business owners who dream big and want to do bigger. Join some of the world's top entrepreneurs, internet marketers, and best-selling authors as they share their inspiring stories, their struggles, and give actionable tips that will help you build, grow, and promote your online business. Here's your host, Yanni Lunga. Hey everybody, what's up? Yanni Lunga here with the 18th episode of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. I hope wherever you are, the weather is nice. Here it's a very bad day today in terms of weather. We are at the end of April and a few hours ago, it was actually snowing, which is pretty depressing because by now, sun should be shining, temperatures should be pretty decent, but it hasn't been the case. But other than that, I'm fantastic and I'm so happy to bring you a new episode of the podcast. And this is a great, great episode especially if you're an indie author. If you have a book or even if you're in the process of writing a book or you have been thinking about writing a book, you finally want to get that done, you're at the right place. You heard over the last couple of episodes, we've talked about book marketing. Episode 16, we talked about how to build a book-based business with Jesse Krieger. Last episode with Nick Loper, we talked about how to successfully launch a Kindle title. And today we talk about self-publishing and do-it-yourself book marketing. And now I really want to warn you that there is so much value here that you should really get your pen and paper ready. Or if you're using Evernote or a digital notebook, really open that up because we're going to cover so many things. We're going to talk about elements of successful book cover. So what you should have on your book cover to help you increase sales. We're going to talk about mistakes actually in the authors make we're going to talk about how to rank high how to rank high on amazon and much much more and before i tell you more about who's joining us today let's take a second to thank today's sponsor this episode is brought to you by audible.com go over to audibletrial.com 360 entrepreneur and get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of audible so that you can pick books from their catalog that includes well over 150,000 titles that you can download and listen on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's at audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur. Okay, so today we are joined by author, speaker, blogger, Derek Murphy. I've been following him for some months, and I tell you right now, make sure to go to the show notes page at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 18. Make sure to check the link to his website, Creativity, and sign up to his newsletter because he has so many gold nuggets in every single email he sends out. And he does the same here on the podcast. Like I said, you find the show notes with the links to everything Derek and I mentioned in this episode at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 18. Here is self-publishing and do-it-yourself marketing with Derek Murphy. 
Hey everyone, I'm here for another great episode of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast and I'm super, super excited about today's guest because it's someone who I've, who I've been following now for a few months and if you are planning to write a book or you are about to finish your book or you have a book already finished and ready to go, you're going to love this episode. Today we're going to talk about do-it-yourself book marketing. And man, I couldn't have asked for a better guest. My guest today is is a book cover designer, a writing coach, a publishing consultant, and obviously an author himself, who I've also had the honor to kind of attend via the Author Marketing Live Virtual Summit. He had a session where he talked extensively about the book covers and the importance of book covers when it comes to book marketing. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show, Derek Murphy. Hey, Derek, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? All good here. Are you ready to have some fun here today? Yes, okay. I'm ready. Okay, let's get started because we have quite a lot of on, on our plate. And I told a little bit more about you, like I gave a short intro, but can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your background and also about your main blog, Creative Indie? Okay, so I'm from Portland, Oregon, but I've been living abroad since I was about 16. I lived in Argentina and then moved to Malta. Um, I studied philosophy for a while, and I started self-publishing my own books. So I really got into learning about being an author, self-publishing, and then I studied fine art. I went to Italy. I was studying oil painting, <laughs> and then I went back to school for my master's in literature and started my PhD in literature. And during that time, I started a book editing company. And because I had a background in fine arts and I had done my own book covers, I also started to do book cover design for my clients. And that turned, about three years ago, I turned that into a full-time business. So now, mostly, I just do book covers. And I'm kind of, I've built kind of a reputation for talking about what kind of book covers sell books and specifically what you need to do to make your own book covers that will make your book more successful. Um, my blog, Creativity, the idea was... I teach you how to be creatively independent, which means you can use your creative skills either through writing or through art painting to make a profitable business so that you can quit your job and just make things for a living. Um, I'm not quite there myself yet. I still do a lot of author services, so I'm not at the point where I'm completely funded by my own creativity, but I'm getting there. So in the next year or two, then I can kind of just focus on writing and art and um, blogging, <laughs> building my platform. That's, that's great. And you've also been writing several books. And you, you mentioned the, the book cover design aspect of your career. And you've written a book called Book Cover Design Secrets You Can Use to Sell More Books. And we're kind of going to get some tips from you today on, on book cover designs. And, and you mentioned creativeindie.com. And guys, you will find the links to everything Derek and I talk about in the show notes because there are also other websites, other projects you have launched. And I'm going to ask you about those later. Now, I want that we kind of get started. And I want to, to ask you kind of, you know, the, I think that the first step when it comes to the the whole writing a book and then publishing a book process is coming up with an idea and obviously an idea that we hope it's kind of successful and can also help us make some money. So my question to you, since you have written also quite many books yourself and you, you work also closely with self-publishing authors, do you have any tips in terms of 
how to come up with an idea which is also profitable? Sure. Um, it's an important question. If you're looking at writing books as a business, you have to think of the potential readership. So you have to know how many people are looking for that kind of book. Mm-hmm. And that, if you're writing nonfiction, it's, it's not that difficult. You look for popular genres, popular categories. You do keyword research to see how many people are searching for certain keywords. Um, you can write what you know, but on the other hand, you can do research and write about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for nonfiction, it doesn't really have to be amazing. People are just looking for good content. So if you have good information, they're not going to care about you know if your writing style is perfect or whatever. For fiction, it's a little different because yeah. most fiction authors are still taught that creativity is this um, inspiration, this divine inspiration that comes from inside or from the muse. And so a lot of authors, and it's not like this is um, archaic, old thinking. This is <laughs> this is what a lot of contemporary um, coaches about creativity, they're writing that you should not pay attention to the, to the readers. You shouldn't worry about if it's going to sell. You should only focus on, you know, your, whatever you want to write, your passion. Um, I think that's bad advice for most authors. The, their first book, they're only going to listen to themselves. They're not going to worry about who's going to read it. And so they're going to write a book that nobody wants to read. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's what probably 95% of fiction authors are doing. And then they write this book and then they try to find out how do you market it? How do you sell it? How do you package it? But they've written the wrong book. And they'll, they'll realize after a couple of years of you know, spending a lot of money marketing that there just isn't a big readership for that book. And then if they're a good writer, they can you know, pivot and learn to write in more popular genres or to write about subjects that interest more people. Um, so for me, like I haven't finished any fiction yet, but the fiction I plan on writing is all like the, the most popular genres because you can sell 10 times more books just by being in a more popular genre like the the book quality is the same it's just that there's more readers interested in paranormal romance than you know a western it's just there's it's by the numbers okay and it's interesting what you mentioned for the for the fiction book so it's kind of in a in a way the mistake many authors who write uh, fiction books make is is for example like building a house with the you know the foundation is not solid and then when they are, they are putting the rooftop they realize that the foundation is not solid or is completely wrong so then everything becomes harder but for non-fiction books so kind of the focus of, of this episode because I know that many listeners are probably thinking about non-fiction books uh-huh. you said that it's relatively easy to find an idea it's enough to do some research and do you recommend, obviously, we know that Amazon is kind of the, the number one uh, platform for also for self-publishing authors. Do you recommend doing the keyword research like on Amazon or also using, you know, for example, the Google Keyword uh, Tool Planner? Or You can do both because if you research just on Amazon, you're going to find what people on Amazon are, are looking for, what they're finding. But there may be things that aren't on Amazon yet that you can find out about with Google research. Like maybe people are searching for Google because there's no book about it yet. And that would be ideal if you could find something like that. Um, the thing about nonfiction, there's a couple of ways to do it. The easiest way is to just publish a lot of books mm-hmm. because you have to hit a lot of small topics. And if you, you know, if you have five or 10 books, it's not easy to make money. But if you have 50 books, you'll start to see a lot of income. So that just means finding small topics and writing quickly and publishing a lot. 
But on the other hand, you can publish something that is a little more brandable. So you have to think about like your your keywords and your subcategories and everything are important, but you also need, well, I wanted to say you need a really creative, a really strong title that really stands out. But on the other hand, the titles that work the best are usually just, you know, very direct, very simple, how to do something. So you don't want to be, you know, too weird or <laughs> you don't want anything symbolic that people have to think about. You, you want it to be really obvious that this book solves their problem. Okay, and when you when you talked about uh, you know publishing uh, many books, uh, the first author that comes to my mind is Steve Scott, who I think really right. he's really trying to kind of I think his business model is this that he really tries to to release many different books on on specific topics and and kind of you know in a series so one after the other. I like that. I think it's a it's a very good strategy. So you would recommend to to do both. Uh, kind of internet keyword research, so with the Google Keyword Planner or with tools like uh, Market Samurai, for example, and then on Amazon, mm -hmm. obviously, to to see what people are are looking for on Amazon. I like it. The thing that I think Steve Scott did really well, he he was also the first to start using numbered lists, and everybody had already known, like for mm -hmm. blogging, for articles, numbered lists, like seven ways to do this. They work so well for articles on blogs. He was the first one to take that formula and start putting it in his titles i think that worked really well for him okay so guys there you go <laughs> there is already uh, a suggestion for a, for a title right he has a lot of like 77 ways to be stronger in five minutes something i think those you know it's simple but it's a good title they work yeah and it's interesting that it's usually some kind of weird number so it's not 10 ways it's maybe like you said you know over 71 52 or something like that i like it and those books are also really easy to write because you just make a list you know and write a few paragraphs for each one it's, you don't really have to think about the construction or the flow it's just you know uh different sections yeah so you know from what you say it almost sounds like that could be a great way to kind of start writing a book that it's kind of less challenging in a way to maybe come up with an idea similar to what Steve uh, does. So come up with a list of, of, you know, a topic, 10 ways to whatever and write about that. Mm -hmm. I don't do it that way, but I should. Like if I, if I needed to make more money just with nonfiction, his model is definitely the one that's working. My, for me, my nonfiction is mostly just to build my platform. So I don't, I don't choose so much titles that'll sell really well. I choose things that are, you know, a little more interesting and they kind of build my brand. But but um, may, that might not be a smart choice because, of course, I'd like to sell more. But um, all my nonfiction is, I could, I don't know, I could be doing better with my nonfiction. But I have, um, I'm about to go back and put the four books, five books I have on Permafree because they're getting a lot of downloads and then I can funnel them into my platform. Okay, no, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, from listening to what you're saying, it's really, one really understands that, you know, it really depends from on what one wants to achieve. So, you know, if you guys really want to make money, there is a, a business model. If you want to generate more leads, maybe there is a different model. I like it. And Derek, let's talk for a moment about the kind of writing process. Obviously, it can be a very long process, but I'm I'm interested in in you know your recommendations in terms of for example tools, apps or even productivity acts. Do you have something to share with the listeners when it comes to writing a non-fiction book? Yes, 
but it's not socially acceptable. I think my <laughs> my productivity. A lot of people will tell you um, keep a schedule, wake up the same time every day, wake up early. You know, spend time focusing on what you're going to accomplish that day. My schedule is really terrible, but I just I work really hard until I finish a project, and I just sleep when I'm done or when I can. I sleep when I have to, but um, otherwise I just push through. I think it's easier to, instead of trying to write like an hour a day, I think it's easier to write 10 hours a day and focus on one thing and just get it done rather than trying to get into one project and another project. And I'm actually working on a book that's um, Your Creative Brain on Drugs <laughs> because there's so many... There's so many nootropics and supplements and things that'll give you more energy. I mean, I, of course, you should drink more water and exercise, but I also think sometimes you could use modafinil or an HD, uh, ADHD medicine or something, a lot of caffeine, green tea that just gives you a like hyper-focus and you can get a lot of work done really quickly. I think you can write a nonfiction book in a few days, you know, if it's 15, 20,000 words, it doesn't have to take you a long time. Kind of go for a full immersion until the, like, you know, from start to finish in a way. Right. Lock, lock yourself in, no distractions, and just that's got to be your, your one priority. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way, way of doing, obviously, you know, everyone is different, but I, I like it. And for, to some extent, I also do something similar that when I start a project, I try to focus, obviously, if it's a short-term project, I try to, you know, focus like you do from, from start to finish. And in terms of uh, tools for writing, is there something you, you use or you would recommend I was just using Microsoft Word. I know a lot of people like Scrivener, and it, it can be there's there's some value in it. Um, I never got into it myself enough to use it. Recently, my favorite is just Google Docs because if you're using Google Docs, it automatically syncs everywhere and it automatically updates. So you can't like lose if your computer crashes. You can't lose files or it disappears because it's always on the web, and you can switch back and forth between different computers. And you're the same documents always there. So that's been really useful for me. Okay, interesting. So you still go sometimes also old school with Word. And then also, obviously, you mentioned Scrivener. I also know about it, that it's kind of a very popular software for, for writing because it's really kind of distraction-free and it's really author-friendly in a way. And then you also use Google Docs so that everything is you know, saved and, and synced with all your devices. Okay, I like it. And you are there. I mentioned author marketing live. I had the, the chance to, to see you through the, <laughs> through the internet. So first of all, Derek, thank you for that interesting session where you talked about, you know, the book covers and, you know, how they can have an impact on the, on book marketing. And I, my next question is actually about book covers. So I know that you, you also, one of the projects you have launched is DIYbookcovers.com mm -hmm. and you you are obviously a book cover designer as you told us. So can you tell the listeners kind of a couple of things about book covers DIY way? So you know kind of what are the things which we as authors should think about when we're thinking about crafting a cover for our, our book or outsourcing it to someone? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest mistake is just trying to do something new. A lot of authors will start from a clean slate. They'll start from like a white canvas and they'll just make whatever they think they feel is the right thing. That's almost never going to work. So you want to find 
some best-selling, traditionally published covers in your genre or your topic and look at what's all, what they're already doing, what they've done well, and pick one or two, you know, the, the basic layout of the fonts look good to you and try to copy. And that's why, like, with my templates, I made templates because I, I can't work with everybody and I can't design covers for everybody. And a lot of people will tell authors, don't do it yourself, but not everybody wants to pay hundreds of dollars for a cover, especially if you're publishing, you know, if you want to publish your 50 books, you can't, <laughs> you can't pay a lot for covers for each one. So if you can find a, a template or a system that works for you so that you can, especially if you're doing like serials, so you can just change the picture and change the text, you know. So I was trying to find like a, a way that, to teach those things and also to give some templates where people can actually you know, use them. And the problem with Photoshop is most people, I can make Photoshop templates, but then people can't open them or use them if they don't know Photoshop. So I was using Microsoft Word, and then I made this online cover design tool so that people can just open the templates on their computer without any special software. And um, it's a good idea. We're still kind of figuring things out, but it's a good idea. So it's, I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people. And I kind of avoided the question, but for, for cover design, especially for for nonfiction, it's almost always you want to keep it clean and simple. And I've seen this mistake. You know, you, the biggest mistake is just to throw too much stuff, too many pictures, too many distractions, too many different fonts. So you can't really go wrong with simple. Just pick a central image if you want one or even just a plain solid color. It's usually, I think white is fine, but white or black or any solid co color. Um, for business, yellow and orange are pretty common. But it depends. Like if you're writing self-help or spirituality, it's white or light blue. Mm -hmm. And one solid color, maybe like a little bit of texture, maybe a central image, but keep it really small, like right in the middle and, and pretty small, like maybe a, not even a third, maybe like a fourth of the cover width. And then just really simple serif or sans serif will work for most nonfiction. Nonfiction, you don't, I mean, you can get something on Fiverr that looks pretty good for nonfiction, and for nonfiction, the cover isn't even as important because nonfiction readers, they want to learn something. They want the subject matter. So as long as, you know, your cover is okay, it's mostly about your promise and your benefits and your subtitle because that's what's really going to make the sale. So the, the cover just has to not scare people away. So it can't be terrible or ugly. But if you keep it clean and simple, it, it should be fine. Okay, great. And you you also mentioned you mentioned Fiverr, and obviously you know outsourcing the book cover is an option. And and I have I don't know if if you can answer this question, but you know if someone uh, were to outsource the book cover design, what what do you think are the things they should look for in a in a freelancer? I mean, obviously they have to like his previous or her previous works, but is there something you think? Uh, authors should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I think look for their portfolio and make sure you can see a lot. Sometimes a, a cover designer will just have like 10 or 20 covers and that's not really enough. I mean, you have to design hundreds of covers before you get pretty good at it. So make sure their portfolio is really big and then check for, for me, the, the biggest tell is just if a cover designer uses drop shadow or bevel, that's like the 3D effect on text. Those, those are mistakes. And it, a lot of book cover designers will make those. When they're first starting out, bevel and job shadow is like the easy fix because you want the text to pop out. But um, it's an amateur fix. So if if you see a lot of that in their portfolio, that's kind of, they haven't really figured out how to do it 
well yet. So that's kind of how I can tell when somebody is just starting out. And the other thing to be careful of, it's hard, but um, you are probably not the best judge of the best book cover design. So when you get samples, for me, I'll give them like 10 samples and I'll tell them this one is the best one. It will sell more books. You should use it. And very few of my clients take my word. So they'll, <laughs> I'll give them 10 samples and probably 80% of my clients will pick one of the weaker samples and they'll say, well, let, you know, I love this one. Let's use this one. And I think that's a, especially like I, I like to use 99designs too. I think it can be useful, but I've seen a lot of authors, they do these campaigns and they get a bunch of really good designs and then they pick not so good designs because they get all these samples. So you don't just want to pick the one you like. You want to make sure you get a lot of feedback and make sure, like, don't just ask your Facebook friends, ask a designer. You could ask me for feedback and say, which of these do you like the most, you know, and I can tell you. But um, somebody with experience, with design experience, because even there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people self-publishing who talk about self-publishing. They're, they're kind of like experts about self-publishing. They don't really know much about book cover design, and they talk a lot about book cover design. And you know, maybe their books are selling really well because they're good books, but their covers are ugly, and they just don't know it. So they may <laughs> write articles about the importance of good cover design, but they don't actually they can't actually see it themselves. So I think that's another danger. You know, you can't just ask anybody for feedback because um, I think you have to design a lot of book covers before you get reasonably good at it. And most people, they haven't, you know, even famous authors who know a little bit about publishing, they haven't designed hundreds of book covers, so they just don't really know. Yeah, and maybe they, they also made the, some of the mistakes you just told us about. And guys, if you want to connect with Derek, Make sure to check out the links in the show notes because you also find the link to his Twitter page at Creative Indie. So it's spelled C-R-E-A-T-I-V Indie, so I-N-D-I-E. And you can ask him directly if you have any question. I'm sure he's, Derek is very open and I'm sure he will get in touch with you soon. Okay, so you thanks, Derek. You shared so much value on, on book covers. You told us some of the common mistakes, what, you know, what to keep in mind. If we want to outsource the book cover design process, I love it. And let's talk a little bit about do-it-yourself book marketing. And kind of the, I have a series of mini questions related, related to this big topic. Obviously, that could be a topic itself. But I want to ask you, you wrote a post that I think was very interesting where you talked about the website of authors and you talked about the must-have features of an author website. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what do you think are the, these must-have features of an author website? Okay. Um, it's funny about author websites because a lot of them are really, really bad. <laughs> and even just basic, a lot of authors, like they, because I've been doing online business for a while, if you learn anything about online business or web design, you kind of learn what's okay. I think a lot of authors, they're creative and they approach design or they approach web design just as like a place to be creative. So they'll just make whatever they want. You know, they'll put things wherever they want. They'll hire a designer and tell them exactly what features they want to put on there. Um, so you get these, I have one in mind because I'm going to do a, a website remake for somebody tonight and it's just the worst website in the world. It's so <laughs> ugly and so hard to use and confusing and like I don't know how anybody can do anything on that website. And he's a 
pretty, you know, he sells a lot of books. He's doing really well, but his website is so terrible. And I think that's common for a lot of authors. You know, they don't, they don't know it's bad because they're doing okay. Their books are selling, you know, so they, they can't really tell. But mainly you want to focus on your website has to do something. If you're already famous, that's the other danger is uh, authors will look at, you know, they'll search for examples of author websites. And what they'll find is these best-selling, famous, traditionally published authors. Those authors, like J.K. Rowling, she can do whatever she wants on her website. She, she has millions of fans. It doesn't matter what she does. Her website doesn't have to sell any books. It's just, you know, a fun platform. And so I think authors, they see websites like that, and they try to copy them, and they want to do something like that. But if you don't have a big platform and you want to sell more books, your website has to sell more books. It has to build your platform. And that's all you should think about. Um, so it has to work a lot harder to sell. And you can't afford to be distracting or you know, interesting or fun or novel or any of that. <laughs> um, so keep it really simple. Keep it white. Sidebar on the right side. Um, a simple header. Not a lot of images. I think your book cover should be the best thing on your website. So you don't want like a bunch of decoration and design and garbage that hides your book cover because hopefully your book cover is strong enough that it's good. And then you can mostly just use the book cover to get people to focus on it. Um, you need to give them easy links to buy. I prefer to put everyone to send everyone to Amazon because I want to get my Amazon ranking up. A lot of authors like to put different buy buttons for Barnes and Noble or Smashwords or Kobo. I think that kind of dilutes your purchases. So for me, it's better to put the, send them all to one place. But then you have your email opt-in on the probably right-hand sidebar, and you need to give them a reason to join your email list. So if you if you follow uh, Stevens, oh, what's his last name? Um, but he just wrote a book called Reader Magnets, which is about putting an opt-in in your books. I just can't remember his last name, but... Ah, uh, Nick Stevenson. Oh, that's right. Nick Stevenson. Um, you need to add an opt-in offer to get people to sign up for your email list. It can't just be, um, it can't just be, you know, sign up because for updates or whatever. For me, I always give away new books to readers because I figure if they, if they're following me, if they're interested in my books, they will be my most loyal supporters. So I want to, I don't want to make money from the people who are following me. I want to make money from other people who aren't following me yet. So I want, you know, my loyal followers to give my reviews to share my books to you know share it with other people so i try to give my books away for free but that's an easy offer just you know sign up and you can be a beta reader and get my next book for free especially if you're writing series and you can just say you know this is the end of book one um, but you, you need a really you need a big offer and you need a good offer that makes people sign up because it's kind of important to get them on your on your list that's the other thing that um steve scott's done really well is just really focus on his list which helps him launch new books. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So you kind of, you know, you told us some of the of the mistakes authors make on their website. So, for example, having too too much distraction in terms of visual content. So maybe to have banners and book covers and logos. We want to have the book cover standing out, so as the element that captures the user's attention. You also want to give them a chance to get into your story. So the, the thing that they want is going to be your information. So I would always put excerpts or like even one book for free where they can just read it without having to sign up because you want to, you want them to find 
your content quickly and be able to access it and be able to like it so because then they're going to know if they want to follow you they're not going to sign up for something or buy your book if they can't see your content yet so you want to make something available for them yeah yeah and i i see that many authors they for example give a free chapter or or something like that do you think that works well as an opt-in bait yeah i'll usually have well i'll usually have an excerpts page so that you know the pages will be uh, about the author um, the books it'll list the different books and then an excerpt so that they can just start reading it on the website without having to sign up or sign in or anything um they can also you can offer something bigger you don't have to give your whole book away for free but you could give away a couple chapters on your website so that they can start reading and see the value mm-hmm. yeah definitely okay and Derek let me ask you a couple of of questions about kind of book marketing tips and tools so the the book is finished it's ready to to hit Amazon it's ready to mm-hmm. go where do we take it from there what is the next step or what is the first step actually in, in the book promotion Okay, this is kind of my marketing launch. We've been doing this a lot with clients. Um, and it's hard because it starts with a free giveaway campaign. A lot of clients will say, well, why are we paying you a lot of money to give our book away for free or if it's not earning? But the first thing, it's not you, you're not worried about selling a lot of copies in the beginning. You're just trying to make a dent. You're trying to get people to access it. And when you're new and you have no reviews and no followers, you have to take away all the barriers of resistance so free like there's just nothing that works as well as free Um, but you have to put it you have to tell enough people about it if you just make it free on Amazon and do nothing else that's not going to work because there's so many free books on Amazon so you have to list it with all of those free Kindle campaigns you have to do some Facebook advertising I do um, really targeted Facebook advertising so you you research similar books, and then on Facebook, you target people who have liked those similar books. So like if I was writing something similar to Steve Scott's books, I could find the people who had liked Steve Scott or specific books, and I could show an advertisement on their Facebook page that says, did you like Steve Scott's books? You will like this new book. And if you really target it that way, and then you repeat you know, I'm showing them what they've already liked. They'll they'll be like, oh, yes, I did like Steve Scott's books. This ad is talking directly to me. So they'll click <laughs> it. And um, you don't have to spend a lot, but if you spend 20 or 30 bucks on your launch day, you can really drive up those free downloads. And then you can do the same thing. I do the free days for like five days. Um, and the reason is because if you start with a 99 cent campaign, you might sell 100 copies, but you know, if hopefully 1% give you reviews, um, you'll get one review. But if you do if you do a free campaign, you might get 5,000 downloads, and then you'll get a lot more of those reviews, and you really need the reviews. Ideally, you would get 15 reviews before you do any book marketing, but it's really hard to get reviews. And it's hard to, like, email people, approach people, if you have zero reviews on Amazon already, it's hard to get them to look at your book and give you a review. So you really need, I mean, it's kind of the chicken and the egg, but you need some (laughs) quickly so that you can get more. And you can, I've had people ask me like on Facebook, they'll, they'll be on Pat's um, Kindle ebook page or some other Kindle book page. And they'll just, they'll send me a message on Facebook saying, Hey, do you want to review this? Can you trade reviews? Um, If it, you know, if it takes me a couple minutes, then I, I can usually re- leave a review. So you want to, don't be too shy about asking. I know it's, 
weird and uncomfortable to ask for favors and you really want to be trying to provide more value first. So you could, you know, if you're going to contact someone, you could say, I noticed you wrote this book. I just reviewed it and I loved it. You know, if you have time, you could check out my book. Try to always give something yeah. before you ask for something. But yeah, the reviews are really important. But then five days of free campaign, push it really hard. And then 99 cent campaign. And if you do those too well, I mean, in the beginning, that's that's enough because you want to get up to those number one best-selling slots. And if you get there and your book cover is good enough and you're getting natural reviews, you should stay there for a while. But then we also do a lot of content marketing. So like we, um, we just launched a, a werewolf book. So we put articles on, um, on Medium and on what are, what are those? Um, Flipboard, maybe? Board, board no. Panda, that kind of site with just um, even HuffPo, Huffington Post. We put articles like, is your boyfriend a werewolf or 10 signs? You may be a <laughs> werewolf or, you know, th those kind of, it's clickbait articles, but it's just those articles that are really easy to share on Facebook or Twitter, but they attract the right kind of readers who may be interested in the book. So then, you know, if they read the article at the bottom, it has the link to the author's book and a short bio and that kind of stuff. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's evergreen. It'll stay and people will keep finding it and keep driving sales for a while. Derek, you are dropping so many value bombs here. And, and before we continue, let's take a second to thank today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Audible. Go over to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur to get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to Audible that gives you access to their catalog of well over 150,000 titles that you can listen to on your iPhone, Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. And among those books, there's actually Derek's audiobook, Book Marketing is Dead, Book Promotion Secrets You Must Know Before You Publish Your Book. So if you have been enjoying this episode so far, and if you want to dive deeper into the world of book marketing, go to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur. Okay, and it's interesting that, that you mentioned kind of focusing on the reviews first. So the starting kind of with for free, for example, you, you said maybe five days, because I wanted to ask you what you think about this book sales event that, for example, the website that comes to mind is BackBooks. Yeah, so I was wondering uh, if, you know, BackBooks would be good for kind of to utilize during the launch or is it better afterwards you know after we have gotten the reviews and we are kind of we are not hitting that hard anymore is do you think would be better to invest in that kind of event later so with the 99 cents uh, kind of event type we you know with or bundles with other authors or mm -hmm. um it, all of your marketing will always be much more effective if you have reviews mm -hmm. so like it's but it's hard to get those reviews. But I think for me, like you should soft launch and then you should seek out reviewers and you should privately email them or message them, you know, for weeks until you get those 10 reviews, because everything you do is going to be so much more effective. You'll sell so many more books and you'll, you'll attract more reviews. If you've already got some, when you're starting off, if you have a page with zero reviews, then everything's difficult. 
and and it's hard to overcome that. I, I'm a little bit lazy, so I usually don't ask for a lot of reviews. I'll just launch and because I know eventually, you know, it might take a few months, but eventually and I also I've built up a platform, so I know if I put a book out and tell people about it, then I'll start getting some reviews. Um which is nice because I have that to rely on because I've spent three years building up a platform, but that might not happen for you unless you have a really good book, then it should happen. Like if you give enough away, if you give away enough free copies, you'll start getting some good reviews, hopefully, but you also have to ask for them. So even just in the front of your book, just say, you know, please review this book. I would really appreciate it. That helps. Um, for book books, the thing about book books, the thing that really works for book marketing is the email list. And that's the one thing I don't really have. I have an email list, but it's about my platform. I don't use it for book promotion. And so like when I'm helping other authors promote their books, I can't use my list to help them promote the books because it's not a targeted list. So that's why like BookBub works a lot and Buck Books works really well too because they let readers sign up for books that they're interested in. So if they're interested in business or self-help or I think they're starting a fiction area now so readers can sign up for free books or cheap books and then they have this really segmented list that they can email with new books that works really well for book marketing and mm -hmm. um, so I mean ideally you should be building up your own like it, if you write paranormal romance you should build up a 99 cent paranormal romance a website and then invite other authors to come and, and to do that kind of thing with you. Because whoever has that kind of like a very targeted list of readers who like a certain genre, that's really powerful. So that's what you want to get. And you can't really build that list just for you. It's much easier if you can network with, you know, 30 other authors in your genre to pull together and to offer readers something more than just your books. Because it's really hard to build a, an email list for just you know, if you have three books out there and it might take you a year to finish a new one, then you're not going to be contacting those readers very often. They'll kind of forget about you. But if you can set up an email list with, you know, 35 or 100 authors in your genre, that's that's where the power is. That's where the best book marketing it is right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I really like the concept. And, you know, I wanted to ask you to see what, what your take uh, on that kind of, of tool uh, is and okay so you you talked about the importance of reviews we now talked about this kind of you know collaborative events for for book marketing and what do you think uh you know now how can we keep the the book marketing strategy going after the the first days where we have been really investing time with the facebook ads with the free with the free like campaign call, let's call it campaign on amazon where do we take it from there how do we can continue to build so you need a lot of content so you need a lot of books and the first book or a few books should be free because you need to review remove that resistance and then you have your offer so you have this free book your free book, you can also, I've turned it into like a, a slide share. I've started to make a lot of PowerPoints. I've started to make a lot of YouTubes because you want to be able to reach readers with this free content in as many places you can. You can also be blogging a lot of articles to get people back on, on your site, or you can do a lot of guest post articles where you write on other bigger blogs with more traffic. You want to put that content everywhere to you know catch people and then bring them back to your site where you have your free offer that you can make them and then, I mean, 
so really blogging and then putting out your perma-free book and you need a bigger, increasingly you need a bigger and bigger offer. So like what I'm going to do soon, I have, um, I'm building a course that's like 21 day best-selling author platform. It's going to be like a $300 Udemy course, but I'm only using that course to sell my books because I want to have a really valuable offer. So I'm going to do kind of a treasure hunt game where because it's 21-day best-selling author platform, I'm going to put out 21 little e-books, 99-cent books. And then I'll tell people if they buy those 21 99-cent books, they'll find a secret password in each book. Wow. And they can use that password to get into my $300 course for free. So the the course, the $300 course, maybe it's not really worth $300, but it's perceived value. So if people... You know, if I asked them to buy 21 of my books, they'd say, no, of course not. Why am I going to spend 20 bucks? But if I say, spend 20 bucks and get this $300 course for free, that's a good offer. A lot of people will take me up on that. So that means I can sell those, I can sell 20 books to one reader um, because I have this other big thing that I'm putting together. But otherwise, if I didn't have that bigger offer, that more value, it'd be really hard to get people to read my books. You know, I, I really, what my takeaways from what you just said are really big ones because you talked about how you repurpose your books. So for example, you turn them into slide shares. You maybe use some passages for YouTube videos or can be even, for example, quotes on Twitter. And then you talked about this idea of the treasure hunt with the, with a series of, of 20 or 21 books that lead to a kind of to the final, you know, the password. I love it. And it's, I think it's actually a great, a great concept. And I'm sure that those who are listening to you and I right now, you know, the wheels in their, in the brains are really, <laughs> are really starting to turn. And I, I, the last question I want to ask you about the, the word of do-it-yourself book marketing, it's about Amazon. We know that Amazon is, you know, kind of the largest portal also for self-publishing authors and Everyone wants to hit that number one spot on Amazon. And you, you wrote a post about that. So guys, you will find more information also in the show notes. But what do you think are the elements to climbing and get there at the top of Amazon? So you talked about reviews. You stressed the importance of reviews. Are there some other elements that, you know, have an impact on, on the rankings? Well, the, the reviews will just help make the sale. Like you have to. There's a couple parts. You have to get people aware of your campaign, um, and then you have to make it easy to buy. So after you get them to your Amazon page, those extra reviews are going to make the purchase decision. Like maybe if you have five reviews, then 50% will buy your book. But if you have 25 reviews, then 75% will buy your book. So like everything you do is just becoming more effective. Um, but the main thing is, if you want to hit number one, you have to focus all your sales really sharply within like a day or within hours so you you email your list you do your facebook advertising don't focus on like a five-day window focus on 12-hour window get all those sales at the same time and also you can offer a, a price if you like if you have a book usually you can think of some kind of a extra gift it can be a postcard it can be a um a free pdf secret information you need something extra that you can tell people about and then you can say, you know, I'm doing a bestseller campaign. I want you to buy my book between these hours and I'll send you this free gift. And you can buy stuff on, like you can find something on eBay or 
Alibaba.com or Etsy.com, or you can make something yourself, but you can make something cool that you'll personally mail to those people. You know, it has to be cool enough that they want it. If it's nonfiction, it probably has to be like a free report or even um, something more personal. Like you could do a five-minute website review where you Mm -hmm. go to their website and make a video where you're giving them personal feedback. Or you could give them personal feedback about their book or their book cover. Like I could do that kind of thing um, because you have to give something of value if you want people to come and buy your book and to leave a review. But those are the you have to think, what do I have that I can give? And especially when you're starting out, those first, if you can connect with 20 people to buy your book and leave you reviews, that might be enough for you to, to have a successful launch. If you say, I mean, it depends on your category and you want to pick categories that aren't so competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you sell, I mean, 20 books in an hour, then you might make number one your category. It depends the ranking of that number one spot. So you have to check that out. Um, and Amazon changes quickly. So we, we we just started marketing and we have this promise where we promise we'll get you number one in your category because it used to be really easy to do. And now that we've started, there's it's been really difficult, actually. We've had to um, struggle to get that number one. We've hit it every time so far, but we've spent a lot in advertising and help, you know getting other people to help out. Um, so it's harder than it used to be and it changes, but... You want to pick a really non-competitive category, even if it's, I mean, we've had some books like fiction books that will place in the non-fiction category just because there's no competition. So it's easier to get the number one. Yeah. So to do anyway, some research on Amazon before just throwing the book out there. So choosing the categories wisely. And I like you also, you mentioned some ideas for, you know, to give some extra like paired with your book. I love it. And and guys, if you want to learn even more about how to format, publish, promote your book, I definitely want to give a shout out to Derek's book, How to Write, Format, Publish, Promote Your Book Without Spending Any Money. I, I actually started reading it and there is so much value there, Derek. And the last thing I want to I want to ask you, actually, I have two things. And one is, can you tell the listeners more about bookbutchers.com? Because I think it's a very interesting project. And if there is someone out there who is looking to get some feedback, he's definitely the right person for that website. Yeah, Book Butchers, I started an editing website when I was in my master's, but it was a general editing website. So we did like papers and thesis and everything. And I think um, I realized if we want to sell book editing, because book editing, it's a totally different type of clientele and they're spending a lot more money because a book can cost thousands of dollars to edit. So I started a new website and I just invited all the, um, because I've met a lot of editors who are really good. And I also kind of did some research and sought out some other editors who maybe they their businesses weren't doing as well. And I just put together book butchers because I it's better branding. There aren't, there's not a lot of competition. There's a lot of people offering book editing, but no, nobody's doing it really well and nobody's branded it really well. So, you know, I set it up kind of for fun and with better branding to appeal to authors. And I think it does pretty well at that. And we have good editors. So um, it's been doing well so far. It's mostly just building up traffic because it's a pretty new site. No, but I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting concept. So guys, if some of you might be interested in that, definitely go to bookbutchers.com and direct the last question I have to ask you is about the 
the castle. I know you have this dream <laughs> about the castle and, and I read that you're, you're planning hopefully in the near future, some right writers retreat at a, in a castle, maybe here in Europe. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your passion for castles and your dream of the, of the writers retreat? Yeah, I had this idea about um, a year ago last summer for the World Domination Summit, where you're always, um, it's in Portland and a lot of inspiring people with these really big ideas. So I had, I was already kind of playing with the idea of doing some kind of a writer's retreat because I, I have a lot of things to offer, but it's hard to do everything online. It would be easier if you know I could get people to me and we could go through things together and build their website or build a book cover or whatever. Um, but I'm not very interested in just doing a normal retreat because you know, for, you'll have 10 or 20 people for a week or two, but you'll spend it all on the food and the um, accommodations. So there's not really any, there's not any potential for earnings. But the idea of the castle is just that we start, we do a Kickstarter campaign. And if I can get a thousand people to give me a thousand dollars, which is a thousand is actually, it wouldn't buy very much. So 5,000 is more like if they bought everything I offer with the book marketing and the design and the um, website, you know, I can offer 5,000 worth of value pretty easily, but then they would also get three weeks at a castle so that they could come and stay with me and we would live in this, you know, amazing historical building um, and be inspired and talk about book publishing and writing. And so if I get a thousand people who are interested in joining me, then that's enough money to buy a castle. Cause there's a lot of castles in Europe that are for around a million dollars. You can get a pretty decent one. And so I, I don't think it's a, it's a leap. I mean, I have to grow my platform much bigger to be able to pull it off, but um, I don't think it's like a fanciful dream because the, like the oatmeal just raised the oatmeal just raised, um, I don't know, like five or 10,000, five or 10 million for like a cat cartoon book, <laughs> but he has a, he has a big following and they supported him. So, um, it's mostly about the partners. So like I would offer if somebody else has a big platform and they know a lot of authors, then if they can sell, you know, 10 or 20 slots, then I'd give them a free space so that they could come and stay for free. So stuff like that. I think, um, I don't think it's impossible for me to reach a thousand people who would want to join me. And so if we can do that, we could fund, we could use Kickstarter to fund it and I can buy a castle and then just, it would take us, I think if we had a thousand people, it would take a couple of years to get everybody through, you know, those three week programs where they come. Um, so it would take a couple of years of work, but it would be fun. And then after it's all done, I would still have this castle that I could use for um, artists or writer retreats or scholarships or, you know, any kind of fun writing event. Uh, sounds, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun and obviously it takes time and work and new followers, but we hope to see it happening very soon. Derek Murphy, thank you so much for being here on the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, for telling us more about all the great things you do with book cover designs, helping self-publishing authors and being a self-publishing author yourself. I really appreciate it. It's nice to be on the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. Derek, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us for all the great valuable tips you share 
with each post you write and every single newsletter you send out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And guys, I want to remind you, you heard it during the interview. You find the show notes at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 18. And you can also get a free Audible download and a free 30-day trial for Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash 360entrepreneur and you can get a free audiobook copy of Derek's book, Book Marketing is Dead, Book Promotion Secrets You Must Know Before You Publish Your Book. And to wrap up this episode, I want to share something with you that I'm sure you're going to be very, very happy about. Every episode so far, this has been 18th episode now, every episode I always mention the page where you can go, you find the post with the show notes, with the resources, the free downloads you can get, which is great. But I know that you may be listening while you're at the gym, you're for a walk, you are driving. Maybe you're not in front of the computer and you can't access that show note page. Well, guess what? To help you get the most out of each episode, to really get those valuable tips and to really help you take action, I'm going to create a worksheet with every single podcast episode, which means that when I mention the show notes page, you will find a free, completely free download that will gather the key points and takeaways of what we have discussed in that episode, and you're going to find the link to the most valuable resources that have come up during the conversation so that whenever you are, you don't need to bookmark that web page for future reference. You can simply get the free download. It's going to be a PDF. You're going to get the free download. You can maybe create a folder on your computer so that every episode you get the download, you can organize them by topic or however you like. I really want to make it as easy as possible for you to get the valuable tips, the resources, and take action to really build, promote, and grow your business. It's your pal Yanni Lunga here. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll be back with you on the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. For more tips and tools, head over to www.360entrepreneur.net.